0: Lob Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? Yeah, we're not we're not going to do any of that. We're not going to do any of that intensity. No one needs that intensity. It's it's Thanksgiving. We're here on episode we're on episode 18 of the Hooper's Log. Yes. It's a holiday edition, baby. What do you expect, man? It's a holiday edition. You got me, Simo Bucket, here with Andrew Norris here on the phone. We're going to talk some hoops, obviously. We're going to talk about what happened in the world of the NBA last night, and we're going to get into some football action, of course. The Hooper's Log, episode 18, Wednesday, November 25th, 2015, your pre-holiday preview. You got four days off after this. We're going to get into some intense, some fun times here. It's going to be a long weekend, and it's needed, man. I'm telling you, it's needed, and we'll get into some of that. Andrew, what's up, man? How's it going? How you, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? You know, watch your Lions, your kitties, do something against the uh against the lowly uh who are they playing this weekend? I don't even know. That game is so bad. The I don't even know who's gonna play in that one. The Eagles, right? Yep, they're, yep, they're yep, play my, the Eagles. my 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 kitties on a two game win streak. Uh about to go take on the Eagles. The Eagles have looked equally as bad as the Lions this year. Um, but it's Thanksgiving Day. Lions are gonna or the uh, excuse me. I lost the bet. The kiddies are going to come out and win this game. So just be prepared for that, okay? Hey, at least your team's done something my team hasn't done the last two weeks, which is win two straight. Uh, but, uh, but hey, they're, they've got three wins in the bank. I mean, they win this game. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia needs this game more than Detroit. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we're not going to have Kevin Hart today. We're kind of doing just the lazy show, uh, just kind of hanging around again. Listen to the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio, episode 18. If you'd like to call in and talk, shoot, if you want to come in and talk uh, basketball, football, whatever, the phone number is 323-642-1558. Obviously, we'll get to the, the historical implications of what happened last night in the NBA. We'll get to that later, but we're just kind of lounging around today. We got a long, long, long show today. We can just hang out and chat. We're probably not gonna go on that long. We're probably gonna be on for like a half an hour to be honest, but we're set up to have more time if we need it. Let's go into some football, Andrew. Just started off. What do you want to talk about in the football world before we get started on this basketball? Let's talk Turkey Day football, man, and then I mean we got yeah, college football games. We got we got uh you know our game I'm extremely intrigued with it with the Panthers against the Cowboys. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you got you got bears and bears and So it should be it should be a fun day tomorrow for football. Yeah, it should be. It should be a good time. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at some serious. I don't know if you know, but the the college football rankings came out, and me being the Notre Dame fan, I was livid. I was I almost threw my phone on the ground, dude. I was like, Are you serious? They dropped from four to six. I know they played bad against BC. I'm not going to sit here and deny that they played awful. But it was this is a rivalry game. This is the number one defense in the nation in Boston College, in Fenway Park. I mean, they they still win 19-16. to 16. And I know you don't agree with this, but Iowa being ranked number four in the nation is a joke. I was looking at their schedule today, or last night, as they were getting ranked number four, and I'm sitting there thinking, how the hell is this team going to even compete with a team like Clemson? Clemson's going to run train over Iowa, in that semifinal game to get to the championship, it, they are not good. Iowa has played two ranked teams this year, and both of them were outside of the top 25 – or, excuse me, outside of the uh, top 10. It's This team it, you, isn't playing anybody. You know who else has played two ranked teams, both outside of the top 10? Yeah. Or beat two ranked teams outside of the top 10? That would be Notre Dame. They lost to the only uh very good game yeah, they yeah, played. Yeah. They beat two they beat two overrated teams in Georgia Tech and Temple. Um, you know, the pit wins a good win. Uh but I g you'll really see, I mean, this Notre Dame Stanford game this weekend is gonna be good to see. But Notre Dame didn't deserve to be in that four team to begin with. They they don't have a they don't even have a conference, dude. <laughs> the rest of these teams are eating each other apart in conference play, and Notre Dame's just sitting there and can schedule cupcakes whenever they want. You you're sitting here and telling me that they've played nobody. they played the number one team in the nation in Clemson. Lost. They're the only team to challenge Clemson. Yeah, they lost by two in Clemson. you got to be kidding me with this, man. Are you trying to get me killed? i got I got my girlfriend's family that's all Notre Dame, you're trying to kill me for Thanksgiving, huh? They're going to listen to my lost show, and they're going to be like, the you can say you can say they lost by two to Clemson, but then you have to go and say they only won by three against Boston College at home. Hey no. Hey, hey they weren't at home. <laughs> they were in they were in Fenway Park. It's different. It's kinda like a home game, but not really. It's different, man. I know I'm giving up a lot of excuses, but come on man. Hey, I know they only beat Temple by four points, but I don't think anybody was beating Temple if they're any team going into Temple with the streak they had at that time. They were undefeated. Playing really well at that point in time, I was a little nervous. They get they got a win over them. They destroyed Navy, who by the way, Navy is running train on the on college the college football landscape right now. I mean, they're they're, they're a top fifteen team. Clemson now is number one. Georgia Tech, yes, I agree with you, overrated as all heck. Uh, Texas, clearly not Texas. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Yeah, I'll give you that. They have a, They have a weak ass. They have a weak ass schedule, but they played Clemson tough. They they played Temple tough. They beat Temple. They they destroyed USC. That was not a 10-point victory. That was a bigger victory than that. And then Navy, again, they destroyed Navy. I mean, okay, I agree with you. Wake Forest, Boston College. Boston College is the number one defense in the nation. Okay. I mean, you got to give them some props on at least getting that victory. Unlike Ohio State, who couldn't walk their dog against the Michigan State Wolverine. Or, excuse me, Michigan State uh, uh, Spartans the other day. I mean, come on now. Uh, they they at least got their victory. And Iowa, I swear to you, look at Iowa's schedule, dude. It it mimics the Ohio State schedule. It they played nobody outside of playing Northwestern. Who they destroyed Northwestern. It's just been laughable to watch Iowa. I mean, and to be honest, I mean Clemson being ranked number one. They they have they haven't had the best of schedule. Yes, they've played some tough teams. They have they are the number 1 team, they're undefeated, they they they've beaten better teams in their you know schedule. I will agree with that, but there really isn't any true dominant team in college football right now and it's it's just going to show you that I think the committee is really just trying to set up a big time Big 10 event. To be honest with you, I think that they're just trying to set up one of those events where the Big 10 Championship is going to look just Absolutely incredible! What do you think with that? I mean, obviously, I think the I think the Ohio State Michigan game this weekend is going to be. I, I am actually really excited to watch that game. I really want to see Michigan win, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I'm dead serious. I want to see Michigan shut these Ohio State fans up with. Oh, it didn't do well against Christian state because we didn't get the calls going. Away. <clears throat> Ezekiel Elliott, uh, and I don't want to hear them complain anymore <laughs> about. Oh my gosh, we have this. this, this. Oh my God! Have you seen your schedule, Ohio State? Are you are you high? Like are you already eating your turkey and smoking your weed with it? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this schedule of Ohio State is the is the jokiest of jokest thing I've ever seen. And they're saying, Oh, we should be a top ten team. We should be number one. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no! You got to be kidding me with this. You come into this season and play the way you're playing in Ohio State, and you barely beat Indiana you barely beat some other teams that are just awful. They are not even contenders in in college football, and you're barely getting victories. Look at this. Iowa's only favored by one point this weekend. One point. And they're undefeated against Nebraska. Granted, it's in Nebraska. It's, more, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a semi. No, it's not really a rivalry game, but it's kind of like that. Uh, again, Ohio State. I want to run down this Ohio State schedule to make you happy first of all. and this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. They play Virginia Tech first game of the season, 42 to 24. Okay, they're supposed to do that. Hawaii? Who? Uh Northern <laughs> Illinois. Okay, they they're good against bad teams, but that's Ohio State. Western Michigan? Okay, this is their first four games of the season, people. Then they play Indiana, who at the time undefeated, their first real test in the Big Ten. I'll give them some credit. It was a tough game. They played in Indiana, but still not ranked. Maryland, they're a basketball school. They're not a football school. Penn State, okay, whatever. Rutgers, let's keep going now, shall we? Okay, Minnesota's tough. I'll give them that. They destroyed Minnesota 28-14. Illinois, yes, people. This is the defending national champions schedule. And then who do they play? Michigan. And what happens? They lose. What did you expect? Well, Michigan I State. I to say this. They played Michigan State, not Michigan. Oh, my bad. Uh, okay, the point is. Big deal Michigan around here. State, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. It's kind of like saying Washington State, Washington. People don't get it. But the point is, is like people, the point is, is like with Michigan State, it's like I, I wanted to bring up this joke to many people, but I'll just say it here. Look. When you play cupcakes throughout the entire year and then the moment you see green on your schedule, you're naturally going to get sick. That's just what happened. And they got sick against a team with green and and a vegetable team in in Michigan State. They have a top ten defense in in the nation. Every single year they have a top defense. And their offense is not bad. And they didn't even have their starting quarterback. They didn't even have their Heisman contending quarterback. And they still lost. And, And Ezekiel Elliott still had the balls to complain about, oh, my God. I wasn't given the chance to to carry the ball and to carry the load. Bro, your team only scored your team didn't even score after halftime. You got to be freaking joking with this. I mean, come on now. A number 1 team had nobody on their schedule and they still had the audacity to complain at the fact that they couldn't even do anything. Okay, they scored in, they scored in third quarter. Okay, I give them credit. They scored something quarter. But they gave up 10 points to Michigan State in the fourth and their offense was non-existent after the beginning, after, the, you know, midway through the third. It's just a joke. And and so I wanted to say that, obviously, the biggest rivalry in sports, I'm not even going to I don't even need to say it. And I know it's not because you're on the show. It's just a fact. And people who don't understand, don't understand. The game. The game is called The Game. That's the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan. It's in the big house, ABC, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, I know you got Michigan in this one. It's an even spread. I love it. It's it's if you if you need it if you need some extra turkey to to chow on and and drink some beer and watch a game, this is the game to watch. You got Harbaugh. You got Urban. You got you got. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games to watch. And I really do hope Michigan just shuts up these these crazed Ohio State fans. Yeah, uh, trust me. I mean, what for people who don't understand how big this game is. Um, and this is something I was amazed. Chris didn't know what Cedar Point was. I hope most of the people listening know what Cedar Point is. I mean, it's the biggest amusement park in the world. But uh, when when we in Michigan drive down to Cedar Point, which is for most people like a one- or two-time-a-year thing, we, we can't go on the freeway. If we hit 71 instead of 70, we can get pulled over because Ohio people and Michigan people have such a big rivalry simply because of this game. That is literally the only reason that we are get terrified to drive through Ohio. I, I mean, it's it's, it's bad that it, there's no there will be no love lost. Uh Now, I, I actually, I if if you take all bias out, I don't have Michigan winning this game. Uh, you know, I I think they're a little a little overrated. Um, they had that stretch of three straight shutouts, which is just absolutely insane. But they haven't looked great. They look great against Rutgers, but Minnesota took them to, almost took them to overtime, but their coach, uh, whoever, I forget his name, is the guy who replaced Jerry Kill didn't know how to coach. Indiana took them to overtime, and then Penn State stood with us in the first half. Penn State's a pretty good team. But, you know, the thing that I think if Michigan does win we will get them to win is going to be that Ohio State seems to be falling apart in the clubhouse. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, like you said, he's whining, complaining, and already announced he's going to go pro. Um, so they, it, and I mean, this team has got to be demoralized, this Ohio State team. They lost to Tyler O'Connor and uh, who's, who's the third string quarterback, uh, Terry, uh, Damian Terry, who Michigan State fans love. Uh, you know, it, and, but to me, I, I'll be watching the Penn State Michigan State game just as much as the, the game because if Penn State can pull an upset and Michigan wins, Michigan's an Iowa win away from the playoff with two losses oh, that'd be so nice oh man. I mean Michi- if you look through the top ten, I think Michigan beats Oklahoma. I think Michigan, if they got another chance, would beat Michigan State because we all saw the ending of that game about six thousand times. I think they'd beat Notre Dame. I think they'd destroy Baylor, and I think they'd beat Stanford, and I think it's about 50-50 with Ohio State. Um, So this is a team that's not far away. And remember, this is Jim Harbaugh's first year. He doesn't have his players yet. Uh, And this guy's about to get – right now, if you look, he's about to get a commitment more than likely from the number one overall recruit in the country, Rashawn Gray or Gary or however you say it, uh, who's just an absolute beast on the D-line – um they're one of they're probably the second top team for most likely to get a recruit from the number 9 overall uh number 9 overall recruit and the number 1 overall tight end Isaac Nauta and they're about to get a commitment from the number 1 overall running back and a former Ohio State commit Kareem Walker. So um, this is this is a team that was recruited by Brady Hoke couldn't win a game last year and now all of a sudden Jim Harbaugh just takes over his players I mean, look at the Jake Rudock improvement alone. He threw three interceptions in the first game, looked bad the first yeah. four games, and now he's in like fifth place all time on Michigan's single season passing list. So, the the way Jim Harbaugh coaches these players is unlike any other coach in the country. If it comes down to coaching in this game, Michigan will beat Ohio State. Right, and, and well, I mean, Jim Harbaugh has proven that he's he's one of the better if not one of the legends when it comes to coaching in college football. I mean, he knows how to recruit. He knows how to get these guys going and he knows how to win game. I mean, he just does. And and what better way and fitting way to talk about this game on the Hoopers Log. Again, you're listening in on the FanDuel Studio. Speaking of FanDuel, by the way, there was a game last night in college basketball real quick. Upset city again. LSU losing to NC State in the FanDuel Classic. Eighty-three seventy-two, or excuse me, yeah, losing to NC State, LSU number twenty-two to NC State, eighty-three seventy-two in the Fanduel Legends Classic, excuse me. Ben Simmons had fourteen rebounds, ten assists. Yeah, he didn't have the scoring output; he only had four points. But NC State getting the victory again. You're listening to the Hoopers Log here, where we do talk basketball pretty much ninety-nine percent of the time, except for today because of the fact that no one gives a damn about basketball uh start going into this weekend and definitely there'll be no basketball played tomorrow i mean there'll be some college basketball but i don't think anyone really cares actually i don't think there isn't college basketball being played actually yeah there is there is actually some college basketball being played on thanksgiving day but i can guarantee you no one's watching it um and so going into talking about the holidays again let's go to some nfl <clears throat> let's let's make some picks man let's make some picks on some NFL games for tomorrow, and maybe even some other games if you want to mention them. And just, just bring up your kitties, and, and let's talk about this. Let's talk about this early Lions game for tomorrow. All right, my Detroit kitties, who are starting <laughs> to look a little bit more like the Lions. Let's be honest. They've looked really good the last two weeks in Green Bay In Green Bay for the first time since 1991, okay? That is no small feat. That That yeah. might be the, you know, that's one of those things that, it was always, you know, the Cubs had their curse. The Cubs are not the most tortured fan base in sports because it's the Lions, because nobody gives a damn about the Lions. Everybody likes the Cubs. Everybody feels bad for the Cubs, but we're just the made fun. We're the ugly duck of the NFL that's never going to get better looking. Um, now, the Lions uh, are given two and a half points to the Eagles. Eagles four and six, Lions three and seven. Um What's his name? Uh, Mark Sanchez will be starting at quarterback for the Eagles. Now the Lions, they're finally getting a little bit more healthy—not on the defensive end, but their their offense is getting healthier. Stafford had arm injuries a lot in the beginning of the season because the offensive line couldn't block worth a damn. Um, but they—they're finally starting to kind of put it together. Uh, The last—the last few weeks, of course, it's only been 18 points a game. If you average 18 points a game throughout a whole season, right now they would be 30th with only the Rams and the 49ers behind them. So the firing of the offensive coordinator hasn't done much with replacing him with Jim Bob Cooter. But, again, it's two games. It's a little bit different of a system. So I think this is the game where you can really see it. Uh, But Mark Sanchez, as much as I want him to be a great quarterback, he's not. uh, I don't think he ever will be. Uh, So, you know, I think the Lions, this one is going to be pretty easy. They, they've they had the, – the, I, I think this team could put up 40 points against the Eagles. I really do. Um, now, and you've heard rumbling inside the Eagles locker room of two different things. One, players are getting fed up with DeMarco Murray and his lack of output. And two, uh, I believe it was Adam Schefter who reported that Chip Kelly and the Eagles are both kind of sick of each other. Um, I could see Chip Kelly being the coach of USC maybe next year. So,
1: yeah, stuff like that's starting to
0: pop that. up. You know, a lot of different things are starting to happen. And, you know, I think the Eagles are going to be not focused. They're going to want to be with their family. You see, when when you're a Detroit kiddie, um, you <laughs> Thanksgiving is something that you're prepared for, something you do every year, something you know is a responsibility. So your mind's not on anything else. When you're not them or the Bears, your mind's going to be on Thanksgiving and your family and wanting to be with them a little bit more, not more, but, you know, it'll take your mind off the game a little bit. So I think the Lions will come out way more prepared than the Eagles will, and I think I think they drop a bomb on them, which <laughs> as a Detroit fan you don't necessarily want. Uh, Jim Caldwell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, is uh, not – I'm trying to be nice here. He's not a good coach. He has no idea about anything with clock management. He has no idea how to answer questions of the media. For for the lack of success this team has had, being that they have had zero success, um, I think the media around here is pretty understanding. And, you know, a couple weeks ago he comes out, he says, well, you guys are the most negative media I've ever been around. I call you guys the <laughs> Dungeon of Doom. I'm listening yesterday, and he's making fun of this reporter for asking about his job security. And, you know, I'm just sitting there like, well, the guy's asking because you suck at your job. Um, so you know, win is good. I want them to win. I've never been able to root against my team, but in the long run, a loss might be better because a little run like this could get a guy like him to keep his job. We go nine and seven. Uh, he you know undefeated the rest of the season, and he still loses his job. But uh, yeah, I I think the Lions just trounced the Eagles in this one. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions win either. To be honest, I think the last time I watched a Lions football game because it, it's on so early in the morning. You know, the last time I actually watched a Lions football game so early in the morning was like five ten years ago. I remember the game between Pittsburgh and uh, the Lions when when uh, when uh, the bus Jerome Bettis made the coin flip. That was really the last time I think I actually sat down and watched a Lions game. And it's no knock on the Lions. It's just the fact that those games are on so early. And honestly, the Lions teams have just not been so good over the years. Now, a couple years ago when they were really, really good, and they were rolling. I think I might have turned on the last part of the game, but I really have never really watched an entire Lions game, just because it's so on so early. I'm not waking up at 9.30 a.m. on a Thursday Thanksgiving to watch the Lions play at home and watch that semi-empty stadium with with just quiet fans. I'm sitting there. I'm I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I, I I know you guys are passionate. I'm not bashing you as fans. I'm not. I would never do that. What I'm saying is, is on Thanksgiving, there's times where I tune in and it sounds like a freaking, like, empty street. It just looks, and I know it's because people are doing Thanksgiving. I get it, and I get that. I completely understand, I and I would, I would not expect anything more or less from the standpoint of, look, game's on early in the morning. There are way more important things than going to a football game on a Thanksgiving day. I understand that, and I will always understand that, and I'll never bash the Lions for it. But I'm telling you, I turn on the game, and it, it looks like I'm watching just – and it's awesome because it is. It's, it's it's tradition. It's the Lions. I will never bash that because I like watching actually the Lions and Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I think it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like there's no one there. So it gives a kind of an, an eerie feeling when you watch the game, which is hard to watch if you're a football fan. Um, but when it comes to just turning on and on as background noise, I've never had a problem watching the Lions be on TV. I've actually never had an issue with it. It's just eerie if you actually are into it. It's eerie to watch it because it's like – Whoa, like there's no one there. Um, but 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 when it comes to the tradition of the Lions being on Thanksgiving, I've never had an issue with it. I've actually thought it was pretty cool, especially back in the day when Barry Sanders was on the team because how could you not tune in Barry Sanders for Thanksgiving? Come on now. That's, that's much to watch television back in the day. And definitely when Calvin Johnson's getting it rolling, how would you not want to watch Calvin Johnson make a great catch over the middle uh, 15 yards down the field? That's always been cool. I think the Lions will win, to, win as well. They've played really well on defense as of late. And like you said, the uh, the ADHD little boy and, and Chip Kelly is running around up and down the sideline not knowing who to start at quarterback because everyone's either hurt or they don't fit his system or he just doesn't know what he wants. I think the Lions will get it when they finally found some form of assemblage. Panthers and Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are just as bad as the Lions this year. Yes, they just got Tony Romo back. They won their game last week with Tony Romo. They're 3-0 and with Tony Romo. They're 0-7 without him. The Panthers are 10-0. and you said this was an intriguing ball game. Honestly, I think the cow. Cal- I think the Carolina Panthers are going to just absolutely run train in this one. The Cowboys are favored by a point and a half. I wouldn't take that at all. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to come out and just smoke the Cowboys like a Thanksgiving turkey that they should. What do you think in this one? Um, I. I mean, you got the undefeated Panthers, and then you got the undefeated Cowboys. Parenthesis with Tony Romo. Um. Right. Now. The, this Panthers team is 10-0. and 0. Now, are they as good as a 10-0 and 0 team? That's up for debate. I think they're an extremely good team. I think they're probably, you know, one of the favorites, if not the favorite in the entire NFL, um, aside from the Patriots, of course. Um, but, yeah. but where it gets interesting is, again, it's at home on Thanksgiving. So, one team is away from their family in a different state on Thanksgiving, and one team after the game gets to go home be with their family. I mean, you know, and they get to spend Thanksgiving with them. Uh, plus, you got Tony Romo back. You got Des Bryant. You got a healthy Cowboys team finally. Uh, and people seem to forget how good this team was last year. I mean, they beat the they beat Seattle in Seattle. Uh, so you know, this is a game that I think, I think could a great one. Um I, I'm I'm really excited to f- watch a full game of Cam Newton. Uh he he's he's one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player in the entire NFL. I hope he dances right in somebody's face. Um where I'm getting caught up here <laughs> is you know, I'm not one of those basic Cowboy fans who's just a Cowboy fan because they're the Cowboys. I used to hate the Cowboys and then it turned into this this thing where I was I defended Tony Romo so much because I'm a huge Tony Romo fan and people who think he's bad need to listen to some stats. But I'm a huge Panthers fan at the same time, so I I want the Panthers to go 11 and 0, but I want the Cowboys to make the playoffs. So it's a it's a dilemma I'm facing. Uh, but with that, I do think the Panthers will edge this one out, something like 28 to 24. Um, the over under is 45 and a half. I'd probably take the over, but you know it's it, it's not a a firm over because, you know, Panthers' defense is pretty good. And the Cowboys' offense, if they get the running game going, will have long drives, which will, you know, obviously slow down the scoring. But I got Panthers 28-24. And after we talk about this last game, I have one more comment about the Lions' Thanksgiving game. But you go ahead on this game, and then we'll talk about the last game. Well, I just got some breaking news in as I'm looking at 506 Sports. For those of you that don't know, 506 Sports, they give out – what games are going to be on in the NFL schedule in the in the local game? And guess what? In the Pacific Northwest, for the first time since God, I think it's been, I think it's been two or I think it's been two years, honestly, that the Minnesota Vikings and Atlanta Hot, excuse me, Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Yes, breaking news. Yes, the Vikings will be on in the Pacific Northwest. I actually get to watch my team live in the morning. You better believe I'm going to be getting geared up for that one. On this Thanksgiving weekend, as I will be waking up at ten in the morning to tune that tune into that one Minnesota at Atlanta. Again, that's not a Thanksgiving game, but I wanted to mention that I'm excited. Uh, I'm a huge Vikings fan, been one since since Randy Moss, Dante, uh, not Dante Culpever, uh What's his name? Holy crap! See, now I look like a now I look like a biased fan. Uh, uh, Robert Smith. When they had Chris Carter, when they had uh, Randall Cunningham, when they had John Randall, when they all those guys back in '98, and then obviously when they when they went over the Dante Culpepper, I can keep going, people. But but anyway, the point is, is the Vikings are live on television here in the Pacific Northwest on a Thanksgiving. Thank you, because then the week after that, they play the Seahawks, and you can guarantee up here in the Pacific Northwest, where everyone loves little little Thomas Rawls and the Seattle Seahawks, that they
1: will get their butts
0: kicked. In that week. So anyway, the point is, is that's going to be a fun one, and I get to watch the Vikings for the next two weeks. That's going to be outstanding. Wait a minute. Okay. What's that? Why? Why would the seven and three Vikings lose at home to the five and five Seattle Seahawks? Uh, that, I got is, Vikings uh, that one. No, I think the Vikings will win. I think the Vikings will win too. But the issue is, is the fact that I mean, uh, I, I here's the thing. This stretch for the Vikings, this 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 four or five game stretch that the Vikings have, where they play, they just played the they just played the Packers. Where I watched the game, they lost. They were not the better team that day. They had a lot of mental breakdown. Their defense had some lapses. Now you can't fault the defense when you when you when you turn the ball over like every single time. I mean, I think they turned the ball over like four or five times in that one, and they just did not look good. Um, and and it wasn't that they looked bad. It's just it's just the Packers really just came out and played well. They had six sacks in that one. They played great defense. Teddy Bridgewater was 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 scrambling for his life. I mean, when you have the defense that the Packers came out with in that one, it's going to be tough to cont- compete. And and so for that, I mean, I I don't fault the Vikings for that. They're still in a in a building mode. Yes, they're seven and three, but they're still in a building mode overall. Which I mean, at this point, I am very excited for where they're at. But I didn't expect where where, where they were to be right now. I expected this team to win seven, eight games this year. Maybe nine. And right now they're at seven and three. So they're already exceeding expectations. But going going into this week, playing Atlanta in Atlanta, that's going to be tough. I know Atlanta's been struggling, but that's tough. I mean, Atlanta's a good team. and, And that's a team we haven't faced in a while. We haven't faced really any really good teams this season up until now where we played, you know, Packers. Falcons, Seahawks, we play the Packers again at the end of the season. Uh, we play another good team later on after the, after the Seahawks game. I forget who we play, but we play some good, good teams. And 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 that's where, you know, that's where I, I'm worried. And I think if the Seahawks go on this role that I start them, I can see them playing on, which they play Pittsburgh this weekend. If Seattle rolls against Pittsburgh – I wouldn't be shocked if they were on a mission to come into Minnesota and just dominate. It wouldn't shock me because the, because the Seahawks, they've done this the last two years where they've struggled, or the, last year at least, where they struggled late, they came back, and they went gangbusters on everybody and got back to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't shock me if they did that again. I mean, again, and I don't think it will be the case this year, but for all I know, the Seahawks can come into Minnesota and just lay a whooping like the Packers did. It would not it would not be shock me if that were to be the case. But going to the final game on Thanksgiving – for at least uh, uh, football purposes. Again, you're listening to the Hooper's Log. If you thought you were listening to a different show, I apologize, but you are listening to the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio, episode 18, mostly football-related today, obviously, as no one's talking basketball, but I guarantee you we will get into a recap of today's games uh, eventually, or yesterday's games, I apologize, and we'll talk about the historical implications in Golden State. But you throw out the records, Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, Green Bay, we we got a little bit of breaking news here. It's not real breaking news, but it's something that I think everybody needs to hear, um, and I was pretty disappointed when I saw it. NBA 2K did simulate the uh, great 72-win Bulls team against the Warriors, and the Warriors won by 11 points. So, obviously, <laughs> that's exactly how it'd go in real life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Clay Thompson will will, uh, will hold <laughs> Michael Jordan's jockstrap. Uh, Steph Curry will be able to. Uh, I think Steph Curry could have a pretty good day against his former coach Steve Kerr and some other guys, uh, the starting point guards on that team. I think he'd do well. But okay. Oh, the uh, shortened three-point lines? Ugh. Right. Well, you also think that uh, you also think Andrew Bogut can hold on to uh, Horace Grant and Dennis Rodman. Okay, you think that might work? Yeah. yeah right. You think that? You think that Harrison Barnes? You think Harrison Barnes will be able to do anything against Scottie Pippen? Come on, man. Like, that's that's a joke. That's That would not happen. 11 points is a joke. Now, I think it would be a close game. Don't get me wrong. I actually think it would be a close game. I think it would be like a five-point game. I think the Bulls would win. But I, th- I would put money. If Vegas made a five-point line on favoring the Bulls, I would probably not bet that because that would be about what I would think the game would be. I think the Bulls would win. I think they'd get the victory. Just strictly on the fact that, that Michael Jordan alone would just just take over the ball game. And, and if people don't think that Michael Jordan couldn't hold Steph Curry to, to 25 points, you're crazy. And maybe even less. He probably might even shut down Steph Curry. I mean, shoot. There were multiple guards in the 90s that could shut down Steph Curry right now. And people think, oh, my God, Steph Curry. By the way, before we get to this Bears-Packer game, and this is what I wanted to talk about real quick. uh, I was talking to some nut job on Facebook last night about how he's a Steph Curry fanboy. He was talking about how great Steph is, and he was comparing Steph to Kobe Bryant in his prime. They had this stupid stat on ESPN where they were like, Kobe Bryant versus Kobe Bryant in his prime versus Steph Curry in his prime. and I, uh, Steph Curry right now versus Kobe Bryant in his prime. And I was like, okay, this is out of control. And this guy was like, he's going to be a top 20 player by the time he retires, maybe even top 10. And I sat there and I was like, all right, this guy needs to get a little taste of his medicine. And I said, first of all, if you think that if you think that Steph Curry, and this is what I do to compare players now, and this is, I think, the best litmus test to compare players. If you think Steph Curry can go on to that 2001 Philadelphia 76ers squad, take that entire team through the vaunted, and I, and I mean vaunted Eastern Conference, of Vince Carter, you had some other teams back then who were very, very good, in the Eastern Conference, and you think that he can take that Philadelphia Philadelphia seventy-six with Aaron McKee and old Dikembe Mutombo, Eric Snow, if he can take that team to the NBA Finals and beat the L.A. Lakers, who by the way swept through the Western Conference at least one time in the NBA Finals. If you think that's the case, then you're out of your mind, and you're and you're absolutely just you're out you're out of control. And the guy was sitting there thinking, well, I don't know if he could do that, but I know this, Allen Iverson and Steph Curry are both average defenders, but from the three-point line, Steph's better than, than Allen Iverson in his whole career. And, I, and that moment he said that, I was like, okay, okay. Clearly someone is on their Thanksgiving on their Thanksgiving uh, vacation early, and uh, they need to get out of the kitchen because they're, they're done cooking. Because that's just a horrible statement. You've got to three-time steals champion in the NBA in, in Allen Iverson and a guy – who could get to the rack with the best of them, and he's three inches tall, three inches smaller, and about thirty pounds smaller than Steph Curry. So by himself, at his size, already a better player than Steph Curry, and people are saying, "Oh, he's better than Allen Iverson." Now, no one's going to debate the fact that he could shoot better from three-point percentage, but there was a point in time, th- there was a more point in time where where Steph, where, where Allen Iverson. If he wouldn't – this is the thing, people. If Allen Iverson wouldn't have played out his career, kind of like what Kobe's doing right now, he would have had the highest average points percentage – he would have had the highest average points per game in NBA history. There was a point in time where Allen Iverson, I think it was 2004, 2005, by the time he started really falling off with the Philadelphia 76ers, where he had the highest average points per game all time. Stephen A. Smith would go through it all the time back in the day. Back when Stephen A. Smith had his show, oh, uh, frick, I forgot what his show was called. Uh, it was it was like uh, he was sitting in New York and he had his own little sit-down show with other people. But Alan, he talked about how Allen Iverson would be like, look, this guy has the highest average points per game and he's hustling up and down the court and he's playing defense and he's the best player on the court carrying the team on his back and he can still do it. We see Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City carrying the team on his back. Allen Iverson was doing that times two, times three, and he still got his team to the NBA Finals and beat a Laker team that was so ridiculous. People keep riding Steph Curry like he's the best thing since sliced bread, and here's the issue, and I've already gotten on on a rant about Steph Curry, but I just want to say one thing. There are games, are games where players can take over and take over by themselves. Steph Curry has never had that game. Never. He's never had that game in a big moment. Michael Jordan against the Bulls. Excuse me. Michael Jordan against the Celtics in, in the mid-80s when he took over in, in the Garden. That is a takeover performance. LeBron James against, I hate to mention it, Andrew, but against your Detroit Pistons where they where, they, where he scored 20, 29 of the final 30-plus points. In that game in Detroit, that is a takeover performance. LeBron James against the Celtics in 2012 in the Eastern Conference Final, and then you got to go into Allen Iverson in Game One of the NBA Finals in 2001. Those kind of performances, Steph Curry would not be able to even, not even be able to jump into. And so for that, for people to keep saying, "Oh, Steph Curry is the greatest thing ever," let's let's just pump the brakes on Steph Curry. And let's just take him away from that Golden State team and put him on to worse teams, and see how he can do. Because I can guarantee you, you put LeBron James on this Golden State Warrior team right now, they're 16 and 0. You put Russell Westbrook Ooh. on this team, they might not be they might not be 16 and 0, but they're pretty damn near close to it. You put you put Allen Iverson on this on this Golden State team, they might actually go 72 and 10. They actually might do that because Allen Iverson can carry a team by himself, and he will generate offense by himself. Steph Curry can do the same, but he can't do it the entire game. They pull Steph Curry from games in the fourth quarter, people, because they're leading by so much. They don't need him. They don't really need him to do all that much. Draymond Green's game has stepped up immensely. Clay Thompson's defense has gotten better, and he's still slowly starting to come around and get better. Harrison Barnes has improved immensely. That team overall has gotten so much better from the year before that it's a disservice to sit here and say Steph Curry – is the guy who's making this offense work. He is not the guy who's making this offense work. He is just a nice piece that can score with them. Yes, is he the the focal point of the offense? Absolutely. Does he do everything for the offense? No. Draymond Green gets him open and sets him up more than than we really acknowledge him for. And the extra pass offense that this team is putting together is starting to turn legendary. It is. And it is not Steph Curry doing it all. It is not. Steph Curry is really just a big piece of the puzzle. I'm not going to take away history and what we've seen from this Golden State team. They've been absolutely outstanding in what they've done. They have been unbelievable. You can't knock history. 16-0 and is unbelievable in any sport. And what they're doing is historic, and it's great, and I, and I applaud it because the type of basketball they're playing is beautiful to watch. But for people to keep getting on Steph Curry and saying, "Oh my God, he's the greatest thing, he's going to be a top twenty player," hold the phone, man, just hold the phone. Andrew, what do you think on this on this Golden State Warrior team? Well, I think I think you might be taking the a little too far by calling him a piece of the puzzle. Um, he's he's the puzzle. I mean, he's the frame. He's there's a hundred pieces. He's, he's eighty five of them. Uh, the the thing that makes this Warriors team so great is that you are so confident Steph Curry is going to make this three pointer that if he touches the ball by the three point line, you'll have sometimes three guys leave their men to swarm. Right there, you got two open guys. A lot of the time, it's down low. He drives the lane. Yeah, Klay Thompson to worry about. You got Draymond Green to worry about. Forty five percent three point shooter. Andre Iguodala to worry about somehow a 45% three-point shooter. So it, it the the three-pointing the three-pointers he makes and the three-pointers he creates uh by just being him is what makes him so great. I you know, we we to have a debate a full debate about this a different day. I would take him over Allen Iverson any day. Um Allen Iverson to me was like a little bit worse version of Russell Westbrook, uh, but I would take Russell Westbrook over Allen Iverson as well. Um, again, that's a debate we can have a different day. But right, yeah, this this motor doesn't run without Steph Curry. Do I think Steph Curry's as good of a player as LeBron? Not even close. Do I think this Warrior team sixteen and zero with LeBron? I'm not sure. Um, it's a completely different brand of basketball if LeBron's on this team now. I think they could be sixteen to zero and even better. Sure, because imagine the spacing you get when LeBron starts driving and kicking with it. You know, as much with Clay Thompson and Draymond and Iggy and Harrison Barnes all shooting threes, that could be insane. LeBron would average probably ten assists a game. Um, <clears throat> mixing with Draymond, I mean, you got you got enough you got enough players who can you know start on almost any other NBA team to last you three. You could you could have your whole starting five get injured and you have a whole other starting five. But, um, you know, this is right. historically great. Ste- even with Steph Curry cooling down, I mean, his last three games, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got 27 points, 19 points, and 24 points. Um, this team is still dominating. I mean, nobody right. had a crazy game last night. The second highest scorer had 18 points, and behind that it was 13 from Leandro Barbosa. And they, I mean, I know it's the Lakers, but they won by 34 points. Um, exactly. Th- this team, I mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to stop them. It, I mean, if they make it through this road trip, that, I mean, I, I think that they'll end up going on to break the 72 win record. Um, I still wouldn't put my money on it, but if they get through a seven game in 12 day, seven game road trip, it's when you got to start looking and going, wow. Um, this might be the best team to ever step foot on a basketball court. Well, and you also mentioned the point that the Golden State Warriors, you know, if they go undefeated until Christmas, and if they find a way to beat that Cleveland Cavalier team that will come in more healthy than I think we expect, then, yeah, I will be on the bandwagon of, look, this team is going to break the record of 72 wins. I think they'll get it done. I think that they have to have a dominating December to do so, and I think they have to really – Put into my mind that over this next month, that they want to win. They want to. They want to be more than just the team that started sixteen and zero, and maybe twenty and zero, maybe twenty one and zero. They want to be a team that is considered legendary. And if they do that, yes, they're, they're instantly they're already legendary right now. Imagine what they do if they got to, to Christmas Day undefeated. That would be. I uh, just I I think I think I think the rating scale might break. Because actually, I don't know anyone who wouldn't sit down and actually watch this game, considering the amount of buzz they would generate by Christmas Day. It would be off the charts, insane. I think it would be the highest-rated basketball game ever, because it's just Le- it's LeBron fans, it's the LeBron bandwagon, it's the it's the it's the Cleveland Cavalier fans who have been crazy since he came back. It's all the Heat haters, all the people who who hated LeBron when he's on the Heat, or all the Heat fans that love LeBron when he's on. The, and then you got to factor in all the Steph Curry craze people, the fact that they're undefeated, all the Laker fans that want to see them lose because of the fact that they're getting near their streak at that time, Christmas Day. It, it, you're talking about potentially the biggest rated game, probably in the history of sports, because people are going to just sit down and be like, "Look, I want to watch this Golden State Warrior team go what 34, 33 and 0." or 29 and 0 whatever you're going to see an insane rating if that's the case I don't think that'll happen I think that's out of control to think that way but if they do you're looking at you're looking at a legendary like beyond legendary season from this team they're already on that level but if they get to that point you're talking about yes 72 wins becomes achievable but they really have to maintain their greatness right, right now Andrew Andrew, let me remind you: from here, a year ago, from this, from today, all the way until March second, the Atlanta Hawks only lost only lost five games, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They went like 35 and five. That's what the That's what the Golden State Warriors need to do from here until the beginning of March to have a chance. Think about that: just to have a chance at the Bulls' record. They need to do that. They need to go on a forty-game stretch where they go forty, go thirty-five and five. That that would put them, that would put the or excuse me, thirty-five and five. That would put them at and, oh, 51 and five. They would have to pull off that kind of stretch to have a chance of the Bulls' record. Because as we know, once you get into late March and early April, you're naturally just going to be worn out. That's just how every team is. And, and then win. once you get into the postseason, you start to get better. And what people tend to forget is that, you know, if this team hits, you know, sixty wins and they're let's say like sixty and eight, or sixty sixty five and eight or something like that, that's what like, yeah. you know. Much as you want that record, uh, you you got to sit down and you got to go. Well, playoffs are coming. We we got to rest them. We want the record, but we we got to sit some guys out. And. This team—it's impossible for a team to stay this healthy. The reason they're this healthy is because so much of their work is done around the perimeter that they're not banging and, and getting physical like right. a lot of the other teams are. But it's impossible for this to continue. I don't—I can't think of a player not named Andrew Bogut who's missed a game this season. Right. I mean, a game, and we're 16 games in. Um, yeah, Le- LeBron said it, and of course, you know, people just—LeBron's making excuses because. No. LeBron says it's the healthiest team ever, um, one, it's a fact. And, two, they forgot to report the part after that where he's saying the way they play team ball is unlike anything else I've ever seen. They're the best team in the NBA right now. But, you know, that part can't get recorded. That part can't right, get right. on the headlines because they got to make LeBron look bad. Um, but, you know, the, this team is just – the and now greatness, of course, but the luck this team has had where they've played – you know, at this point, over a hundred games without a major piece being really injured is is amazing in in more way than one. It's amazing in there because durability is a attribute. It's not yeah. it's not something that just that just happens most of the time. Durability is something that if you get your body in a good enough shape, and of course, there's the rare cases, guys like Derek Rose, who you know are in great shape, but they just get bad luck. But if you keep your body right. in good enough shape. 90% of the time, nothing, you know, not nothing, but these major injuries aren't going to happen. Right. And the thing is, is you bring up a good point. And people tend to forget, you know, Derrick Rose was MVP of this league and carried that Bulls team on his back. And ever since that season where he won MVP the year after, he got hurt and he hasn't been the same. That's the luck we're talking about. And it's not just luck. It's it's preparation. It's keeping your body in shape. It's it's being nutrition it's it's being I mean, and most of the time, yes. It's like it's like it's like going to a casino. It's like it's like eighty five percent luck or eighty percent luck and twenty percent skill. They're they're lucky that they're not getting hurt. It's just that's just how it happens and they're and they're using that luck to their advantage and putting on greatness to 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 take that with them. You know, and, and considering that we we have to give them the credit where credit's due. 16 and 0 is no joke to begin a season, but at the same time, again, man, Andrew just mentioned it. Over this last year plus now, almost almost 5 quarters, you know, you know, you got almost almost at the quarter point of the season now. Um you know, uh, of this team, they are they are turning into a team that legitimately just it, it doesn't look like they, unless some major injury happens, which they've had in the past. I mean, Steph's been hurt before. Clay Thompson's been hurt before. They've had injuries before that have hampered this team before last year. But for some reason, now that they don't have that injury, they look like the team that finally is putting together and, like you said, growing the confidence to do what they want to do. And then, and that's the kind of stuff where, again, it's an attribute because, again, you stay healthy, the longer you play, the better you become, the better your team gets. That's just how it's becoming, and that's what's going on with this team. And they're turning into a team, again, making legendary leaps because they've been able to stay healthy. I'm telling you, if Kevin Durant would have stayed healthy with Russell Westbrook now, you're looking at a legendary team. They've proven to get back to the Western Conference Finals multiple times. The Spurs. They never get hurt. Why? Greg Popovich maintains their health because they're older. They are. They're an old team. If, they're, if, the, if this is Tim Duncan in his prime, I can guarantee he's playing 40 minutes a night. This is Tony Parker in his prime. He's playing 40, 45 minutes a night. Manager Ginobili, he's playing 30 minutes a night off the bench. You're talking about a team that would have been different, but now that they're much older, they maintain their health. And why are they so great? Because they maintain their health, and they play a great, great brand of basketball. That's pretty much what Golden State's doing, except it's a little bit more outside-driven. It's the same type of mentality, and that's what keeps you great. And, and and these guys are playing still lengthy minutes. You're talking about Steph Curry, who's still playing lengthy minutes, and Klay and Thompson, lengthy minutes. These guys are playing long-term, but again, it all turns into luck at the end of the day. And it's, it's preparation, it's skill, but it's still lucky from the standpoint of, yeah, this team is is running into some really, really good fortune right now. 16 and 0 to start the season. Golden State gets the win, 111 to 77 over the Lakers last night in dominating fashion. It wasn't even close past the first quarter, and uh, for that we we applaud them and we we give them the graciousness that they deserve because 16 and 0 is no joke in the NBA. Real quickly before again we get to some more football, just want to break down these games. The only wet ball the performance of the night on t- on Tuesday. The night before, uh, the, the the couple of days before Thanksgiving, Paul George and the Indiana Pacers went off last night. They had a ton of three pointers. Indiana gets the win over Washington, one twenty three to one hundred six. Paul George, forty points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Fifty eight on the whiteboard with the performance. That's the only one to mention there. Boston, they can't quite get it done in Atlanta. In the precursor to those Golden state warrior historical performance, Atlanta gets the win, one twenty one to ninety seven. Dallas. They couldn't quite get it done against Memphis. A pretty good matchup there. As Memphis gets the victory 110-96, to it looks like Dallas' true color started to show in that one. The Clippers finally get off the schneid. They win 111-94, to and then Chicago and Portland. A really good matchup between Chicago and Portland, by the way. Jimmy Butler looked outstanding in this one. Chicago gets the victory 93-88, as the Portland Trailblazers now drop to 6-10. and Andrew, anything else from, the, from Tuesday's games that you want to mention before we get on to some more football? I'm ready to talk football, man. I know right. There's not much basketball that needs to be given given awards to because not much really happened uh again going back to football, game okay, Green Bay and Chicago. You throw out the records when these two teams play. It doesn't matter how good one team is than the other, especially on Thanksgiving Day, where really the records mean nothing. I mean it's more of just kind of fodder and filter to fill in your you know your your family get together and obviously to put on some some tradition uh this is tradition Chicago at Green Bay. Honestly, in this one, going into it, I think Chicago is, is the better team. And here's why. And this is why I say this. I think Ooh. Green Bay is the better team. I think Green Bay is the better team. But considering Chicago has is coming into this game under the radar, Green Bay is is coming off a very, very short week playing intense defense. The way they played defense against the Vikings, they I would not be shocked if they came into this one gassed and unprepared. And, and the Bears – are not a bad squad. I mean, offensively, they're not the worst thing we've ever seen. Uh, Langford is getting better running on the running back-wise. Uh, Jay Culler is getting better. Uh, you've got Alshon Jeffrey, I believe. If he's, I don't know if he's injured or not. I haven't really been paying attention much to the Chicago Bears, but uh, they, they, they aren't that bad when they get things clicking. And if the Packers' defense falls back to the Packers' defense that it was, you know, against the Lions, against some other teams, you're looking at a team that's just that, that That Chicago could sneak up on them. Maybe not win, but keep it close. What do you think in that one, Andrew? No, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers will let this team lose. Um, you know, he hasn't been the same quarterback as of late, but every quarterback goes through that stretch. Tom Brady is going through that stretch the last three games. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, first of all, it's in Lambeau on Thanksgiving. First of all, I think that locks it up, even if they were zero and ten. But second yeah. of all, the, I mean, the the NFL looks at the Bears, and maybe not as much this year, but for the majority of the time, they laugh. I mean, Jay Cutler is the quarterback. It's it's not it's not great there. I mean, they're four and six. They've done better this year than I think a lot of people thought. But I mean, I think the Packers go forty plus points. Green Bay is a nine point favorite. Uh, I think they end up winning this game by three touchdowns. Uh Jay Cutler, you know, he'll crumble under the spotlight. Uh Aaron Rodgers will be Aaron Rodgers again and you know you're gonna see you're gonna see a beat down on the on the Thursday night game. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked either if that was the case. I mean we saw it last year with the Seahawks and the Forty ers as the Seahawks destroyed the forty ers That's generally the case when a good team plays a bad team even if it's a rivalry game on a holiday like Thanksgiving college football real quickly before we get out of here. We got about, I'd say four minutes before we should head out, um, for this holiday holiday se- season. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll head out here shortly. And I was thinking that, uh, and I have my own agenda as a Notre Dame fan. There's a lot of teams I need to win, uh, Florida state, TCU, Nebraska, South Carolina, Michigan, Penn State, Oklahoma State, and Auburn. If all of those teams win, I'll be very happy. And uh, reason being is is they're all rivalry games. Auburn, if they beat Alabama, yay, Notre Dame's going to slip in there. If TCU beats Baylor, yay, Baylor's not going anywhere. If Nebraska beats Iowa, Iowa's gone. They're done. South Carolina beats Clemson, which could happen. It's a rivalry game. It could happen. I've seen crazy things before. I live out here in the Pacific Northwest where Washington State, ranked 20th, by the way, playing in Washington. I've seen crazy things where Washington State's been highly ranked or Washington's been highly ranked and one of the teams has ruined each other's seasons. It happens all the time in college football and it could happen this weekend. Uh, again, Stanford and Notre Dame, it won't mean anything if Stanford uh, beats Notre Dame. though. You talk about a game with, with some serious implications. Stanford I mean, they could jump really high in the rankings if they destroy Notre Dame. If Notre Dame destroys Stanford, they're going to jump into the top four. It's going to happen. If they destroy Stanford, they will jump into the top four, especially with all the injuries they have and all the non-starters that are in that, that are missing from Notre Dame. That will be the case. Uh, again, Clemson playing South Carolina, again, the big game, uh, Ohio State and Michigan. We talked about that earlier. And then and then we got uh, uh, Penn State and Michigan State. That's a big one from the standpoint of Michigan State. needs that to stay in contention for the Big Ten. And then Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida State, and Florida. That's going to be an outstanding game. Obviously, both teams ranked in the top 13. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. This is the one game I wanted to talk about before we go. Oklahoma ranked third in the college football playoff. Oklahoma State lost their first game last week. What do you see in this one in the Bedlam matchup there? Uh, Andrew, what do you see from that one for the Big 12? This is actually one of my upset picks. Uh, Oklahoma, although they only have one loss, has been kind of inconsistent to me this year. Their one loss is a terrible loss um, against Texas, but you know they've been they lost they won by one point, so they're coming off an emotional high. They've beat two two great teams the last two weeks, and if they beat Oklahoma State, that'll be three top 18 teams in three weeks. Um, I do think Oklahoma State comes in and upsets the Sooners in this one. Uh, no, think you know, be I because if Oklahoma State gets the win, then Notre Dame's gonna gonna you know jump into the top four. Hey, we keep going. Uh, go Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, here's the negatives to that. You know, I I do think Oklahoma State upsets Oklahoma, but I also think Stanford upsets Notre Dame and you know shows the true colors of Notre Dame. Oh. So I don't think I don't think either of those teams are going to be the participants in the college football playoffs this year. Who? Do, okay, that's a question before we head off the air. we got about a minute left. Who do you think is going to be in the college football playoff ultimately at the end of the season? Who do you think is going to be there two weeks from Sunday? Or a week from Sunday? Five. I think the number one team is going to still be Clemson. I think I the agree. number two team will still be Alabama, unfortunately. Uh, I think three will be Michigan State. Yeah. And then... Or, you know, it, uh, unless Baylor wins wins out, if Baylor wins out, it could be them. Um, but otherwise, I think it's more than likely the winner of the oklahoma Oklahoma State game. You know, unless, unless if Penn State beats Michigan State, Michigan Wolverines will be in the playoffs because Michigan oh, Wolverines you're are going to go beat Ohio State. <laughs> and then if, it, hey. If Michigan State, if whoever wins the Big Ten is in, it's that simple. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, right. So if Iowa wins out, they're in. If Michigan wins out and Michigan State loses to Penn State, they're in. If State wins out, they're in. And if Ohio State wins out, State Michigan State loses to Penn State, they're in. So. Well, I mean, I mean, looking at looking. Looking at how the committee set this up, that's that's what you would think is ideal. I mean, Michigan State is clearly they're they're ranked fifth for a reason. They just beat they just beat Ohio State and, and I was right there as well. They're they're asking for a big ten team to be in the in the championship. And it will happen. Now, this is what's gonna happen. And if you said Oklahoma State's gonna win and if Baylor wins out, I I I if Oklahoma wins or if Baylor wins out, I would agree with you there will be a big twelve team, but if Oklahoma State wins and TCU wins this weekend and Notre Dame wins big, Notre Dame will be in the college football playoff. I don't care what anyone says, it's going to happen it's me that With me left not Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cool. All right. I see what you're doing. I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing there. All right. Clemson will be my number my number one team a week from a week from Sunday. I think Alabama will be number two as well. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be uh Michigan State, like you said. I think Michigan State's gonna be third, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put Notre Dame at number four because guess what? I want a rematch with Clemson. I wanna beat Clemson. We're gonna get it done this time. We're gonna ha- it's gonna happen. Notre Dame will be in the college football playoff. Andrew, we got about a minute left on the show, man. Anything else? else? That's nothing. That's that's not the one I wanted to have. Uh that's that's I cool did that intro. when I uh, Here, <laughs> Yeah. It's all good, um, it's all good. You know, as every time, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh I'll be at the Palace of Auburn Hills tonight watching my Pistons take on the Miami Heat Go Pistons. Uh gonna be awesome to see Drummond against Whiteside. Um but other than that, as I say every time, peace. Yeah, everybody, uh, have an outstanding Thanksgiving. It should be a fun time. Twelve games on the docket for the NBA tonight. We didn't break them down, obviously, and there's a ton more games over the weekend. We'll break all those down for you on Monday. Any major performances, we'll get to those as well. Again, everybody, from here at the Hooper's Log at CLNS and the FanDuel Studios, have a great, 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 great Thanksgiving, and please, please be safe, and please have a fun time, and go spend some money on Black Friday, baby! Have a great weekend, everybody.